On today's Locked on Jayhawks, an early preview of late night in the fog for KU basketball. It's happening on Friday. Our Friday show will be about our KU UCF preview. So our uh, early KU basketball preview for late night on this edition of Locked on Jayhawks. You are Locked on Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Johnson, you can hear me as well Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. on KLWN in Lawrence with Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Give me a follow at D Johnson Radio on Twitter. If you have any questions, anything you want us to talk about, hit me up on Twitter. That's where I uh, check everything there. Uh, you can uh, also catch me right here with Locked on Jayhawks wherever you get your podcast. Thank you to all the everydayers out there tuning into each and every episode. And you can also find us on our YouTube page where you can like and subscribe to the show on this edition of locked on jayhawks late night in the fog is friday night in lawrence at allen Fieldhouse. we're going to be breaking that down previewing it what to expect what we're looking for what maybe you won't totally learn here in this event on friday night so uh it's it's officially friday at 6 30 it'll be at allen Fieldhouse. um it is still a free event for people to attend to however you do have to claim tickets online so let this be your warning for that if you want to go you need to claim your tickets online. Uh, I, I think the Andrew Wiggins year probably changed everything. I remember that was uh, when I was in school and um, Andrew Wiggins was, you know, not just a big deal because he was the number one recruit, but there was there was so much hype and hoopla around him and everybody wanted to see him for the first time in late night in the fog. And I remember the stories of people um, going into the game and, and like sprinting, people getting knocked over and basically like it was a mess madhouse trying to get in first come first serve to late night in the fog to see Andrew Wiggins in a KU uniform for the first time so that probably changed things for the better and now you got to get them online uh it is also free to park in lot 90 for what it's worth for any of the families or people that uh want to attend the event this event typically as as much as it is an opportunity for the fans to learn about the new players or see some of the newcomers in a KU uniform at home for the first time or you know be kind of entertained for a couple hours on a Friday night it's about the players, most of all, right? It's about the current players celebrating them, an opportunity for them to get some entertainment with, you know, somebody coming in to, you know, play a concert for them this year. It'll be Flow Rider. But above and beyond all that, this event is mostly for the recruits. This event is mostly for the guys that you're bringing in who are going to be, you know, visiting KU this weekend and seeing Late Night in the Fog and seeing how um, KU was able to pack up a arena for a scrimmage basketball game and basketball event and still get hyped into the crowd and have all sorts of entertainment that shows you what Kansas basketball is about and the luxuries you get of being as part of that program. That's what this is about. And unfortunately for Kansas, the biggest part of all this was going to be about Cooper Flagg. Cooper Flagg, the number one recruit in the class of 2024, not just seen as a number one recruit. He's seen as one of those number one recruits that like, oh my goodness, this guy is going to be like one of those players that NBA teams are going to be excited to tank for number one recruits, right? Very big deal. Uh, but he actually canceled his visit before the week ends up happening. Who knows what the reasoning for that would be? Is it Nike backed up the Brinks truck? Is it another school made a hard press for him knowing that he was about to visit KU and, and it would be tough? Who knows? I, I even wonder going back to the Arterio Morris stuff, like if you're the parent of a recruit, if you're the parent of Cooper Flagg, do you see that story where there was a rape allegation in the basketball dorm and you're like, ah, I don't know that I'm comfortable sending you there, right? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Maybe that has nothing to do with it. Maybe it did have more to do with the first thing. I'm just spitballing reasons why it could happen. But regardless, 
that's unfortunate. And it's a bit of a doubter for KU because you were like, oh, man, this is already a pretty good recruiting class. You have Flory Badunga uh, in the class as a top five, top ten recruit. You, you just got uh, your guard recruit who's in the top 40 in uh, Phylon uh, about a week ago. You know, you could really ima- imagine if you get the number one recruit then, like now you're really cooking with gasoline at that point in time. But still, you're going to have some other attendees in event. And I think uh, maybe the most notable at this point, because it feels like things are trending well for KU, is Rakeese Passmore. Great name, Passmore. Um, but he is a 2024 recruit. He is a 6'5 small forward from Asheville, North Carolina. He's a top 50 recruit in the 24-7 sports composite. Again, great name. I mean, that would give you great names all the way around. You have a guy named LeBaron Phylon, who you could have fun with and call him LeBaron. You know, it's like LeBron, but in a weird way, but it's LeBaron. Um, Flory, I I have heard some places call him Badunga. I don't know if it's Badunga or Badunga. Still, either way, great name. And then you could have a guy named Passmore on your team, right? Like if he commits to uh, to KU. But he canceled the visit to Arkansas. And this makes it seem like with him visiting, like this, that, that Kansas has a very big edge on the field for bringing in Passmore. So, uh, he becomes certainly a star of the show, along with any other recruits that are going to be there, whether they're class 2024 or 2025. Um, if you do land Passmore, that would give you three top 50 recruits led by Flory, which obviously still on its own is a great class. And surely you'd think KU will still be active with other recruits. And even in the transfer portal come next offseason to further kind of fill out the uh, the roster and everything that they're doing. So, you know, they're going to be just fine without Cooper Flag, but it would have been still a nice uh, pickup nonetheless. Uh, obviously the most, uh, I don't know, for the most part, that's what this event is. It's about the recruits. It's showing them a good time. It's entertaining them. It's, you know, showing them the fan support KU basketball gets. As far as the event itself, though, we're going to see some entertainment stuff, right? If, if you're out at this event, what maybe you're going for the first time, uh, they have a bunch of different dances that the basketball teams will do. The women's team, the men's team will do it. They have a bunch of skits. They'll have some uh, videos that Rock Truck Video always does a great job with that they'll post on the big board and everything. Uh, Flo Rida is going to be the musical event he's going to be playing this year. Um, that, that'll be good and get people involved. A lot of people know, you know, a lot of his songs. Uh, and again, like you still want guys that are going to be cool enough for the players. That they're going to be like, oh, that's cool. I got to see, you know, X performer, which in this case, Flo Rida. Uh, I'd imagine we're going to get some more of the like entertainment thing. Like in years past, we had half court shots from uh, either the people or they could like represent like, Hey, Sharon Collins, take this half court shot for me. And if you make it, you get like $25,000 or something for a student of like Bill Self's money. I think it'd be really cool if you had to like, like imagine if you had to like guard or, or uh, you had to be guarded by Dewan Harris. Can you make it across half court without the ball getting stolen from you? Imagine if that was the ploy to get like $25,000. I think that'd be really funny. But I imagine we'll have some more stuff like that. There'll be a lot of entertainment that kind of happens around this. And then you'll see the basketball scrimmages. You'll see the women's teams and the men's teams having their scrimmages. For what it's worth, the women's scrimmage should be really good and interesting. Uh, the women's team obviously wins the NIT last year. That a year prior or a year after they uh won a NCAA tournament game and, and made it to the second round of the tournament. There's high hopes for what the women's basketball team could be this year. You return a majority of your starters. You, you lose a couple players to transfers with Ioana Hatsi-Leonti and uh, Chandler Prater, Prater, but you bring back, um, you know, a, a ton of talent on the roster from, you know, you look at Yvette Mayberry and Tiana Jackson and, and a lot of players, and then you're bringing in, uh, a good freshman class and some players from like you're bringing in a player from Spain. You're bringing in a five-star and Samaya Nichols from the Kansas city area. Who's a freshman. I'm really interested to see the women's scrimmage and how they do and, and show off the depth. Cause I think the women's team 
uh, is going to have a real shot of, of being an NCAA tournament team and being a top 25 level team this season. So that'll be fun. And then you'll get on to the men's basketball scrimmage. Um, and obviously, you know, it'll be interesting because for the men's basketball scrimmage, this isn't a like super deep team. Um, you're looking at it and there's what, 10 scholarship players on the roster right now. Um, is that right? Is it 10 without Artario Morris and, and Zach Clements will be redshirting. Uh, so realistically, because you do sub guys in, in we're going to see a lot of walk-ons um, filling the floor. Now, KU has a billion walk-ons on the team, but like think about it from this standpoint. If each team brings in two subs, both of them would have to be walk-ons if you only have 10 scholarship players and you're playing five on five. So that means at any point in time, when you bring in two subs, 40% of that team is going to be walk-ons. So from that standpoint, there will only be a certain amount you can learn and know from the game and that you're going to take away. And, you know, that kind of impacts uh, maybe the entertainment side of things, but it's just kind of the, the fact of the matter with, with where things are at. Uh, by the way, speaking of the walk-ons, do you know who led KU in points last year at Late Night in the Fog? So this will be a good teaser for us not to overreact to, to anything that you see at Late Night in the Fog. KU's leader in points last year at Late Night in the Fog, Jalen Wilson was second with eight. First with nine was Michael Jankovic. He went three for three from three-point range. So there's a reason. Probably don't overreact to what you see in this game. Michael Jankovic led them in scoring a year ago. But also, have fun with it. Get to see players for the first time. And, you know, there are certain things you can take away. Maybe not as much about the box score or what you did or how many points you scored, but some other things you can take away. We're going to get into those and uh, plenty more as what I'm watching, uh, what maybe not to watch for the game, what to expect uh, coming up here with Locked on Jayhawks. First, this episode of the show, though, is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride, or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. So what I'm watching for in Late Night in the Fog, again, Friday down Fieldhouse at 6.30. Uh, they are going to be streaming the games. The um, There will be video stream uh, of the action. Now, they can't do like a full broadcast of everything with the skits because there are certain things that they do, you know, in the videos, in the skits with music that they, you know, you don't have rights for that they can't just stream out. But the, the scrimmage both the women's and the men's will be streamed out so you will be able to watch them in years past during those streams it's been brian haney and greg Gurley on the call just as your radio crew would be um but they've also gotten bill self onto the broadcast because in this event it is a true scrimmage and for that standpoint that's that's something that we won't be able to learn there's a fast forward to our next segment is they're not going to be running plays they're not going to be running bill self sets they're not going to be you know running coached out actions he's been on the broadcast the last couple of years and that's actually one of the more entertaining parts for me watching the broadcast, because even in, a, in an event where it is just kind of a scrimmage and it doesn't really mean anything, you'll see him get frustrated and mad and like, oh, why are you taking that shot? Or like, what are you doing that for? Like, oh, my gosh, that was horrible. And you just see the coach coming out that you can't turn off the coach inside of you. Right. 
And so uh, it, it's kind of funny and entertaining watching that. But you do get a good insight. And, and we'll see. Again, I, I don't know if he is going to be on the broadcast or not. But if he is, it's great. Because you do get that good insight to what he's looking for and his thoughts on some of the players and, and what they're going to bring to the table. So hopefully that's the case of what you get to see uh, in this game. Because that will be my number one thing of what I am watching for, if that's the case. Other things I am watching for, seeing the newcomers for the first time in Allen Fieldhouse. Um, obviously, this year a little bit different because in a lot of years, seeing a newcomer, a freshman, a transfer at late night in the fog is the first time you see them at all play in KU action. Well, there was obviously the Puerto Rico trips. A lot of fans got to watch those games and, and see some of the newcomers for the first time. So to that notion, do some of the newcomers look more comfortable in this event than maybe they did in the Puerto Rico game? I don't know. Probably going to be huff, tough to tell too much, but still, it's your first time at a home game in Allen Fieldhouse with these players, right? That still means something. And I think to that notion, like if you're looking of which players to to that, that maybe you're most interested in seeing for the first time, right? Like um, Johnny Furphy obviously tops the list because he wasn't there for the Puerto Rico trip. And, you know, it's the first time to see Furphy and what his shot looks like. How athletic does he look running against some of these other players? Uh, how tall is he out there? Right. Like with Furphy, there is that that kind of first sight of seeing someone for the first time but I think with El Marco you continue to want to see like do you look more comfortable how good does the athleticism look in an open court kind of opportunity like this is Nick Timberlake starting to settle more in for KU basketball right you want to see the newcomers uh in an event like this in the KU jersey for the first time I want to see the shooting stroke of Kevin McCuller this is something that it looked pretty good in the trip to Puerto Rico you know as time goes on you want this to be ironed out more and more you want to see Kevin McCuller take a jump in what his three-point percentage is it's going to be pretty pivotal for KU what does the stroke look like does it look comfortable and it's obviously going to be such a small sample size that Kevin could go 0 for 2 from 3 and that might not be indicative of anything right he could go 2 for 2 from 3 it might not be indicative of anything what does it look like? Does it look pure? Does it look a, a little better than, than maybe it did last season? Um, then will Michael Jankovic lead the way again? And, and on a team without a ton of depth, you know, will we see any walk-ons actually get a shot at the rotation? It, it sounds crazy, but the last time KU had a roster that was this thin was the 2017-2018 team. And that 2017-2018 team, at one point early in the year, was playing Clay Young rotation minutes it wasn't a ton of minutes but he was getting five six seven eight minutes per game and then obviously KU brings on Silvio de Sosa at, at the kind of midway point and maybe this year they'll look to do something similar Bill Self made a mention of you know possibly adding somebody around Christmas break right do you add someone in who's a transfer as a freshman who can enroll early something like that that you can bring on uh into the fold for the second half of the season very possible but in that first half of the season, like the most notable one you think of is Clay Young when they were playing that game against Syracuse. They were playing Syracuse for some reason in like the Miami arena where the Heat play. I don't, I don't know why, looking back on it, why they did that. Uh, but Syracuse had like a seven-foot like three center. I think Pascal Chukwu was the name of the center. And Clay, Clay Young was like playing center for KU in that game. So um, I guess the, the reason I bring this up is because KU is a little thinner. We, we talked about it. They have 10 scholarship players without Ontario now. And one of them, you're playing it on redshirting and Zach Clements. That gives you nine. So if Michael Jankovic truly is one of your two best three-point shooters on the team, if it's like him and Nick Timberlake, does Michael Jankovic get out there for five minutes a game, six minutes a game if you need a three-point shot or you just want another floor spacer out there that gives you another option to play at a guard position that gives you more time in case somebody's tired or if somebody's in foul trouble or there's an injury? Is there an actual role for spot minutes here or there for Michael Jankovic or one of the walk-ons 
I don't know. We, maybe we won't learn that this game, but, you know, do, does Michael Jankovic play? Does he uh, lead the team in scoring again for back-to-back late night in, in the Fogs and, uh, you know, take the title of being the greatest KU late night in the Fog player ever? Who knows? All right, uh, we're going to finish up with what we can't learn with Locked on Jayhawks from uh, the late night in the Fog event after this quick break in the action. All right, uh, late night in the Fog happening Friday at 6.30 and uh, things that we can't learn. Now, obviously, I... I Talked about how you know Bill Self's not coaching it. You're not going to learn what sets they're running, what they're good at, and, and those sort of things. I also don't think we're going to see a lot of you know back to the basket scoring. Usually in open gym sort of events like this, you don't see a lot of guys posting up and you know showing off shimmy shakes or hook shots and stuff like that. So uh, to that notion, I don't know that we're going to see Hunter Dickinson's full back to the basket game. You'll probably see Hunter Dickinson take more like in, in a game like this, maybe pick and pop threes than you will see him take. Uh, shots down on the block. So I don't know how much we're going to learn from that perspective. Uh, I don't know how much we're going to learn from Dewan Harris scoring the basketball. We saw in the Puerto Rico games, he had the first two games where he was like all about passing, not really much of scoring. Then the third game, he was all about scoring, not as much about passing. Bill Self has said he wants him to be aggressive. He wants him to be scoring the basketball. But in events like this, where it's not really prevalent, you know, how much you score and Dewan is such an unselfish player and teammate and he's the veteran he's probably going to want to get the other guys involved and let them have moments in front of the Allen Fieldhouse crowd especially some of the newcomers to where I could see this being a game where Dewan you know doesn't even score maybe has two points but he racks up a bunch of assists because he's trying to get other guys involved just for their first time playing in front of Allen Fieldhouse so I, I don't think we'll have a great read on, on what Dewan looks like kind of scoring the basketball and then obviously you don't really know how good KU is this is kind of similar to when you're playing like spring football games, right? Where if one side, if one unit or if one position plays really well, you're like, wow, that guy looked really good or, or that position played well or the offense played really well. But also in the back of your mind, you're like, wait, but they were going up against our defense. They were going up against our corner. So it's like if a receiver just continuously toasts the secondary, you're like, oh, is the, is the receiver really good or is the secondary really bad? And that's the same way when you have an internal scrimmage here. Like if, I, I don't know if Dewan Harris goes off and he's being guarded by El Marco Jackson all game. Do you go away from that being like, oh, Dewan Harris is taking the next step to being an even better player? Or do you take the step of being like, oh no, El Marco Jackson needs more time? Right? It's it's really hard to tell in scrimmages like this where you're playing yourself, where you're not playing somebody else that you can kind of figure that stuff out on. Now, I guess with more known commodities, maybe that example is a bad example because we do know Dewan Harris is a good player that. Uh, if Marco Jackson played well against Dewan, if they're on opposite teams, then maybe that does speak very well to what Marco can be. If Parker Brown plays well against Hunter Dickinson, maybe that speaks well to what Parker Brown can be. So I guess there is some known commodity stuff there, but for the most part, it's also like, you know, if one of the teams goes off or if both teams hit like every shot, uh, we're not going to come away from the game being like, yes, Kansas is the definitive number one team in the country because they beat themselves in a scrimmage. Like, no, that's not really how it works. So, uh, you know, there, there's only so much you can learn about how good KU is. I think individually you can take some things away, like how athletic was he? How tall did he look? Uh, how physical was he playing next to him? How good did his jump shot look? Um, how much chemistry did a couple of these players show playing next to each other? There are certain things you can take away like those. But the big picture stuff, probably not as much in a scrimmage like this, especially without running sets and without the real coaching of Bill Self, who is the best coach uh, in terms of the X's and O's in college basketball. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Locked On Jayhawks, previewing late night in the fog. You can hit me up on Twitter at DJohnsonRadio. Um, you can find our shows wherever you get any of your podcasts. 
and uh, as well at YouTube, where you can like and subscribe to the show. Tomorrow's episode, we'll be previewing the KU-UCF football game on Saturday. So stick around for that, and thank you to all the everydayers out there. We'll see you next time with Locked on Jayhawks.